0: Yeah. this is The
1: Relevant Podcast. It's episode 1081 and it's The Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host Cameron Strang and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author, speaker, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And in Nashville, Tennessee, our very own downtown Emily Brown. Hey, y'all. Derek is still, this is four episodes in a row uh, uh, in LA. He's, he's been gone for a while. Uh, happy July 4th, everyone. We are obviously recording this a little bit before July 4th, but everybody's hearing this on July 4th. So happy America Day, everybody.
0: Happy Independence Day. (laughs) Go America.
1: Are you guys big July 4th, people? Uh, Because it's a sweaty, loud holiday. Like, is this a highlight of the year day for you guys? Big time. Big
0: time. If I can find a pool, it's a good day. If I can't find a pool. I,
2: I feel like a lot of socially accept. like there are, you can behave on the 4th of July in a way that you can't get away with the rest of the year. Like, like what? So, social standards are are wildly different on the 4th of July. Like if if you saw someone riding around your neighborhood with like a big American flag and just screaming or you, 4th of July, it's like, of course, if you saw that same person any other day of the year, you'd be like, what is this lunatic doing? like <laughs> same thing with you, you could see someone openly playing with what are clearly homemade concocted fireworks
1: or, or throwing firecrackers.
2: <laughs> that's me and my right? kid yeah. no one no one thinks twice
1: at all I buy all the fireworks but then I'll like I'll morph them into each other like I'll
2: wait you uh, you,
0: you mess with them oh, and change yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. them oh 100% this feels
0: very 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 you dangerous you gotta modify Yo, that is the most Florida thing I've ever heard you say I will
1: tie multiple wow. ones together I will make <gasps> monster ones I will like I I, I, I have had so many incidents. I've had fireworks shoot into our garage. I've lit woods on fire. Nope, I've I've nope. made a lot of mistakes with fireworks. And yet we still but we do is, it every year. It's so fun. It's so fun. <laughs> like if you if saw this- someone.
2: If you saw someone just doing donuts in a cul-de-sac in a, in like a car, just like, just whipping around and it's 4th of July. You'd probably and, the, and, and like
1: Bruce Springsteen or Van Halen is just blaring yeah, on the yeah, stereo. Honestly,
2: honestly, you'd be like, you just look out, the, you kind of, you know, lower the window shade, be like, awesome, man. It's 4th of July, of <laughs> course. What, why not? You know, what, what's, what, what, what do we have freedom for? If someone did that any other day of the week. You know, obviously it's going to cause a big disruption. I'm just saying people behave differently on the 4th of July and you can pretty much get away with it because. This is, this is
3: why I don't like this whole behaving differently thing this is why I don't like it. Cameron, I'm super, super anxious about what your what body part you're going to lose this, hey, this day. Hey, don't speak that over okay? me.
4: I mean,
3: it, it, it sounds
0: like it's like waiting to happen.
3: It's just like, yes, you're asking for it. I'm going to feel not like really fireworks. bad if I blow
1: a finger off on Tuesday. I'm, I'm not, not. going to feel
3: bad. You should feel bad for yourself because listen, these <laughs> things are not meant to be doing that.
1: Somebody made them. I'm just making a different version of it. I mean, exactly. I'm just a this is not okay. manufacturer. I'm an no, inventor.
4: No, no,
3: you are not. <laughs> Whenever we do fireworks at our house, I literally go upstairs and take a bath because I don't want to see one of my kids like, lose a finger or get shot by a fire... Because my I'm like, we're not firework experts. What are we doing? And so I just... I can't even watch. Do you, like,
0: stay inside with the dogs? Cause they I can't even watch. Yes. Justin and
1: I went to the illegal fireworks stand or the very sketchy one a couple years ago in, in Montana. And we bought so many fireworks that by the end of the night, like, we were tired of shooting fireworks. So yeah. a friend and I, we had a bonfire going, took all the remaining fireworks, which was a ton of them and just threw them into the bonfire and then we would like, and they would start, you know, obviously just shoot off and oh go crazy gosh. and me and my friend would run and jump over the bonfire
0: no. and like, oh yeah,
3: it was great. You're going to lose body parts. You don't want to <laughs> lose by doing that, Cameron.
1: And how old are you? It was two years
0: ago. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Cool, cool, cool.
1: Like we turned into 12 year olds around fireworks. Like what? It, it, but this is, you're
2: allowed to on the fourth Yeah, day. it's the July thing too is like, you okay. can... You could eat three cheeseburgers. You could have one for like lunch. You could have a cheeseburger midday, you know, and then you could have one at at dinner or while you're watching fireworks. You you can, the amount of red meat that it's socially acceptable to consume (laughs) on the 4th of July, (laughs) our paces any day, even we're we're talking, we're north of Thanksgiving territory here. Wow. Uh, 100%. Yeah.
1: It's
2: a great Do you guys
3: wear flag attire? I don't. I don't either, but
2: are are, are you talking about on the 4th or in in general?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like every Saturday or just like on the 4th of July? Um, I used to go to Walmart with my friend and we would get like the $5. Walmart yeah, t-shirt like, I, I remember we had one that was like a cut off tank with this huge bald eagle on it oh, yeah. um, and I literally would only wear it on the fourth because I would not be caught dead wearing it any other day of the year well, but there's your
1: first mistake that's that's awesome year-round a big old tank top with yeah, a bald yeah, eagle exactly. on it
0: I don't know about that one but you have you didn't see the design it was it was obnoxious um but it was the perfect shirt for fourth of July yeah See, I mean,
1: just
2: to underscore the point, like it is the day where gluttony isn't isn't just acceptable; it's celebrated. Mm -hmm. We we kick off the day by watching people literally cram as many hot dogs into their mouth as possible, and we celebrate that. Yeah, this it's it's the only day where we make eating into a literal winner-take-all competition, Mm -hmm.
3: and that's America.
2: Welcome
0: yeah
3: I was in Italy a couple Great. of years ago for July 4th and this is the most American thing that's I've ever done in my entire life I'm Italy I'm in Italy for July 4th and we're out to dinner and we see these fireworks start going off and me the American was like look at them they're they're celebrating our Independence Day with Aww. us like this is so kind of them it was like a wedding across you know the uh. way or whatever but I literally was like, this is so nice, you guys. Thank the you. We appreciate this. The entire world revolves this. around us. This is great. The entire world loves Americans. <laughs>
2: Italy, I don't know what your day is. <laughs> to be honest, I'm not entirely sure what your what your history is. And is, are you free? Is this a free time? <laughs> Does someone own Italy? But thank is you is for part? celebrating us. Yeah. But I will say this. We, we do appreciate your acknowledgement <laughs> of our awesomeness. Now, point me in the
0: direction of hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> An Italian hot dog. Yeah.
1: Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to worship leader Amanda Cook. She has a new album out. Uh, We talked to her about it. You don't want to miss that. And at the end of the show, we have our annual tradition, rock band or firework. It's a game. And uh, right now, stay tuned up next. It's Slices. Georgia gets by, the song is easier to run. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in.
0: Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions.
1: It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting.
0: You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four.
1: Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for slices. All right, what do you have, Jesse? All right. Um
2: <laughs> I I I have a, I have a, a take on a on comments recently made by uh the well he is the founder of Twitter but uh, he's no longer running the operation he's doing numerous other tech enterprises uh, Jack Dorsey he was recently interviewed by the YouTube channel uh, breaking points and he was very concerned about the future uh, what the future of humanity is going to look like and the acceleration of technologies like virtual reality it was in response to um, you know the Apple announcing their own <laughs> sort of virtual reality product Um he, he said that he's very concerned that humanity is going to have a future like the film WALL-E. He said, that's the future we're driving towards with everyone in floating chairs, drinking their food out of the straws, and constant 24-7 entertainment. First mm. off, I'm on record. I've said this before. That sounds great. <laughs> like, that sounds great. Up. <laughs> they're entertained, they're comfortable, drinking food, they're happy, constant floating chairs, yeah. all that. There's not one thing he named that I see as a negative. But he went on to say, yeah. I, I'm worried and concerned uh, with how much, uh, with how out of touch it might make people and uh, distance us further. You can see the whole world is headed this way, and I want to believe there's a different answer. So it's going to happen. I'm skeptical about some of the benefits and I hope we can have an honest conversation about some of the harms, uh, and more social distancing. Okay. Here's my take. And, and this is just something like I've, I feel like it's becoming more and more evident. Well, you guys tell me if it's becoming more and more evident there because I've, we've seen this with like, you know, the metaverse with, uh, concerns about AI replacing jobs, Years ago it was wearable tech. Oh, everyone's gonna be wearing these glasses that have cameras mm-hmm. on them. It's gonna record everything. It's a huge concern with privacy, you know, uh like the death of retail. Amazon's gonna kill every retail. People aren't even gonna go, you know, to 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 mall or, or like drone deliveries. There's not gonna be trucks driving around, drones are gonna drop stuff off and self-driving cars. There's a lot... Uh, th- these tech founders, I think they're the ones that are a little bit out of touch where a lot of these fears that we... Hear, like, it seems so fear-based. And I feel like Jack Dorsey isn't alone with his future prognosticating automatically going to a worst case scenario that I don't think is that much of a concern. Like I said, there's been multiple examples of these guys warning us about a future that I don't think we really have to worry that much about Mm. you know like i said we over the years that 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 big next concern whether like i said it's privacy one day whether it's ai one day whether it's sentience you know one day like it's that that the concern is always moving but never really comes to fruition i'm not that worried about the future jack dorsey is, is concerned about i think VR i think look i i don't i don't own a VR kit but it, i've goofed around and played video games on them or mm-hmm. or watched videos on them it's pretty cool but i don't see i don't see humanity going to a place where it's going to replace social interactions i feel like there's a lot of misplaced fears that a lot of these like tech innovators seem to be pretty fixated on do you guys think i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm just an optimist
1: okay so i you and i watch this stuff really closely and i have a little bit of a different perspective on it i do think while he's giving an an extreme and cartoonish example of a future i do know that the advancement of ai and the advancement of augmented reality experiences um, will change how we work and live and spend our 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 personal time. Mm-hmm. It, it just will. Yeah. Is somebody going to strap on this huge helmet? No, they're not. But within 10 years, will it be as slim lined, as simple as a pair of glasses that I'm wearing right now? Yeah, that will be. And with AI, I think the future is probably closer to the movie, her that Joaquin Phoenix movie mm-hmm. where we as humans develop relationships with AI interfaces that run our lives, run our entertainment, run our houses, run our worlds, and the need for human interaction will lessen. And as somebody who has seen in his own life, the difference between working with a team every day at the office and now working fully remote, and I can go days without seeing another adult, many days, a week without seeing another adult, um, like it has affected me. And the more of this technological advancement that's happening, I will have net less and less need to leave the house, you know, and get all my entertainment here. I'm just go to the movies with friends. I can watch the game here. I don't have to go out with friends to go to the game. Like I like all the things that life will become much more me focused and much simpler and much easier to isolate yourself. And ultimately I think human isolation is going to have a huge impact on humanity versus, you know, he's scared. everybody's going to get fat and lazy and all that kind of stuff. I think it's just, we'll be able to create these technological bubbles that we can live in. And there's no real need to go outside. And it's not necessarily going to be our generation. It's going to be the generations coming up that this is normal for them. You know, they can cre- live in their own little bubble and they didn't have to, grow and get into awkward social situations and and things that kind of build character in your lives and help you, you know, need people or they need you and self-service and other, you know, it's all self-serving and not sacrificial. And I think that's going to fundamentally rewire a generation's brain. And that's where I'm actually concerned, but it's not like tomorrow. And I'm not the boogeyman. I just like we as Christians need to be talking about the ethics of this and be talking about the spiritual and emotional implications of all these technological advancements because the tech industry is saying, can we not, should we? And I think Christians should be talking about, should we? And if it's inevitable, how do we navigate these waters thoughtfully and intentionally?
2: I, I think th- th- that's all totally valid, right? Like I, I, I think that is a, a a reasonable perspective, but I also think there is a tendency, especially for people like Jack Dorsey, whose life is dedicated to understanding you know, the role that technology can play in our lives to to improve it, I think there's a tendency to sometimes underestimate the power of the stuff that makes us human. Like, Cameron, that desire to be in, like, to, to be around other people, right, isn't taken away by circumstance or technology you still want that you still recognize it like to go outside and just to kind of feel you know to to go be active like i think those human impulses I i don't think are gonna i don't think those are in jeopardy i think that's just part of how we were created i
1: don't know but like if we can satisfy you know our desires human desires for connection digitally you know, sexual connection digitally, uh, you know, like uh, emotional, you know, like all the things that like we need to do with other people now, if, if there are artificial replacements for that and a generation deems that good enough, like this is good. Like I, now I don't have to go out there and get my heart broken by the girl I had a crush on because I can live in my cocoon because you know, my AI girlfriend will never reject me. And if technology gets to the point where it's like similar to human interaction emotionally it's just I'm just saying it's going to fundamentally rewire the human experience I actually think that that is inevitable it
3: goes back to the conversation about church attendance being low that we had on the last show and you say like oh well if you can satisfy your desire for quote unquote community within the church by watching it online that's actually a false sense of community that's actually Correct. not what community is it's like one of my kids is like hey I'm hanging out with my friends and I'm like awesome you me to get some pizzas what, what do you want to do and he's like no online like we're, we're playing this game together and that's literally hanging out with his friends whereas to me I'm like that feels very lame but he actually feels like he hung out with his friends and he it's being replaced Mm -hmm. by that that sit down and eat pizza together is like we're all talking on our headsets together
1: Your, your church example is in my life is case in point getting doing virtual church and getting the sermons and listening to the worship music and checking every box i in the middle of it i did not realize the numbing it was doing to my spirit i didn't realize it until I got out of my shell and went to a church and it was like my eye, scales fell off my eyes. And it was like this, like the spirit of the Lord is here. This is alive. This is something I can this is bigger than me and like, and it it opened my heart up again. And it was only through that experience that I got to see how numb I had become up to that point. And I feel like there's going to be a generation coming up that like, all they know is the numb version and it's good enough. I'm hanging out with my friend virtually, or I'm watching this movie or I'm entertained or I'm emotionally fed or whatever it is. And they don't realize that it's a false substitute Mm -hmm. for the real thing, you know? And that's the danger to me is just, they won't have to get out of that box. They won't have to ha- they won't have to have the real thing. So they'll accept the artificial replacement and humanity will numb out, you know? Maybe not to the degree of Wally, but I do think it's inevitable. I do.
0: I do think there's a shift. I, I think to Jesse's point though, like um you kind of mentioned this like Jack Dorsey, all he kn- like he is in the tech world. Like that's all he knows. And I'm thinking about my friends that like are my age but like are really not Like tech people, like I have friends that they hate talking on the phone and hate texting. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I do have to be intentional about, you know, going out to dinner with them or something like that. And that's fine. I don't mind doing that. But like, I think there is, it is interesting hearing these tech leaders saying, like, we're going to become Wally and all this. And it's like, well, I don't, like, I don't think that's going to happen tomorrow because. Like the tech industry itself is moving really quickly, but outside of the tech industry, it is still like slowly seeping into our culture. So it's like it is going to be decades before we and get who, to that fear. Who
1: embraces new tech easiest? The it's young kids, ones, sure. it's next generation, right? They're the early adopters, and that's where I'm going. I think it'll rewire the next generation. That's that's what I predict.
0: I do agree with that, but like I think about, I you know I used to work with youth students, and like they used to only want to text like they barely wanted to hang out but now that some of them are older and they're like in their early 20s I see them and they are hanging out with people I see them like they are posting less online because they're out living life so I think part of it is also just a maturity and realizing like like I kind of like what you were saying like they got out of these um, I don't want to say childish ways but they got out of just relying on tech and realized oh there is more out there and I can go access it because um, I think with kids too mm-hmm. like if I didn't have a car in high school it, yeah it would be easier to just put on my headset and hang out with my friends but if we can go out and do something I would rather go out and do that if that makes sense so I don't know it's mm-hmm. it's interesting mm-hmm. I think we're slowly moving there but I agree with Jesse that it's. I think the mega fear behind it is like unmerited for where we are right now
1: Right. It's not going to be the extreme example, yeah. It'll, but, but it will, things will change. And and I think that the impact on the emotional and mental health of a generation is something the church needs to have its eye on. Like, it, like, how do we break through to a generation that's used to that cocoon, living in that cocoon? How do we reach them? How do we open their hearts and eyes to something more? Because they won't know that there is something more because tech and everything has just given them a customized life experience, you know, that they don't know any better, you know? So anyway, all right. Uh, What do you have Emily?
0: Well, speaking of technology, some of it is actually doing a lot of really good. Uh, in the Amazon rainforest right now, there is a robot named Yumi, which is helping uh, replant a lot of trees in the Amazon rainforest. Um, so hmm. the Amazon rainforest has decreased by about 20 percent over the last several years just because of deforestation, climate change. It's been really big it just had a huge impact and that's obviously infected the climate around there, the area and the animals and everything. Um, But there's a robot named Yumi who's able to plant seeds in the area, the size of two soccer fields every single day. Um, So this one robot is able to like just plant seeds in this huge area, which obviously takes a while to grow trees, but um, it frees up a lot of like human workers to go do other things and help the environment in other different ways. Um, And I just like seeing technology doing really helpful things like that. Um, and just, you know, making the world a little better. So
1: so humanity destroyed the rainforest yeah. and left just car- emotional or er, environmental carnage. And We're making a robot years later, it. robots are having <laughs> to come in to that area and look for signs of life and create new life yeah. in the trash and wreckage that humanity had created. Lot like the movie Wall-E. Mm,
0: so Jack Dorsey was on to something, just in the wrong area. It's already happening.
1: <laughs> Wake up, sheep!le
0: It's already happening. If I could <laughs> float
2: around in a recliner uh, in a lazy boy while sipping on a little soda, big gulps to monitor this tree planting robot and uh, deforest <laughs> yeah. the areas of the Amazon. I mean, that's I probably a dream would. come true, and yeah, it's pretty great. It's a good <laughs> job. You know? it's like, yeah,
1: just monitor it on your screen. You know, make sure everything's yeah, going yeah, well. Exactly. Ugh. Literally, you literally described <laughs> Wally. That's hilarious. Well, yeah. That's Wally so is actually All a right.
0: documentary now. So that's what we can say.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like Terminator 2 was as well. Mm-hmm. Just you watch. Um, okay, what do you have, Jamie?
3: Okay, so I want to be real careful with this because to make sure I'm not making fun of anybody. Okay, so we want to be like careful with our words and kind, right? (laughs) Here we go. This is a
1: good (laughs)
4: intro
3: to this story. What
1: show do you think you're on, Jamie? (laughs) Go on. Okay,
3: so so, um, (laughs) this article that I'm reading this from is written by someone whose article is The Friendly Atheist. So that's where we're coming from here. But here's what happened. Any, If any of you are listening and you go to a Catholic church in Kansas City, you may have gotten an email from Archbishop Archbishop Joseph Newman, Naaman, I don't know, of Kansas City. He sent a message to all the clergy members who were under his umbrella, letting them know there was a serious problem. Are you ready with the serious problem? There was a serious problem with the wine that they had recently used at communion. Okay. Did grapes. any of y'all grow up Catholic? I did not. I know they all did it. Okay. I didn't it I was eat a them.
1: grape ju- I was a grape juice. Church.
3: So apparently, what I didn't know as someone who didn't grow up Catholic either is that the wine that the Catholic Church requires use for all of communion, which they claim is the literal blood of Christ after it's been consecrated. Yeah, it turns into into it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It has to be made from grapes without any additives. All right. It means no additional flavoring or sugar or alcohol, which I'd like to say is really great wine that it doesn't have all that stuff in it. Okay. And they have all these local wineries that will produce acceptable wines for the Catholic priests to use well. Something got through, guys, and it was not the right wine. And so the Catholic this Archbishop sent an email to everyone, letting them know that it was all impure wine, that it was all invalid. So all of those masses were invalid. Now,
2: would you, if you were that priest, and I don't know the theological or or spiritual ramifications of drinking mm-hmm. improper wine at communion from a from a, a the perspective of Catholicism. So right. I'm just talking about human to human. Are you just kind of like, ooh, dodge a bullet there? No one do. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, you just kind of hold that close to the chest, you know, like, oh, you know, no harm, no foul. I guess I'm the, you know, if I don't tell anyone, then how, you, because I feel like we've all been in that scenario where it's like, you know, if, when you're a kid and you, you slide something into the shopping cart and then you, your parents actually drive home and you didn't pay for it. It's like, oh, what are we going to drive all the way back? You know, so don't do that <laughs> next time. I'm just saying. <laughs> At what point are you just? If if you guys were in the position of this priest, would you just kind of be like, I'm not well, "I think gonna, this uh, is proof
0: why I'm not a priest"? Because I would I probably do say. the same.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> but to a Catholic priest and to the Catholic faith, I think it's a really, really, really big deal which yeah. I would hate to be that priest having to write that email. But uh, this guy in the article also stated that um, there was a, a recent survey from 2019 that said that only 31% of U.S. Catholics believe the bread and wine used in communion was the literal body and blood of Christ, and 69% said it was symbolic. So I feel like we've got some like, like this is like tradition for a lot of people, but to the priest, he's like, no, this is it. And we read, we made a really big error here, guys, because you had wine, that had some sugar added to it, and so it cannot be used again. Not making fun of the Catholic Church. I think I'm point. wondering. Yeah, I was, I I, I, I'm glad
1: you just said that. I was saying because I, I was trying to after you finished your your slice. I was trying to think like she she was very concerned to make sure everybody knows they are not making fun of well, anybody here. I don't, and I'm like, who are we making fun of with that information? Well, oh, you're. Afraid. I just
3: think that. It's kind of a silly because of where I come from. Oh, now I think, you're going. We there. Go. Oh, okay. Well, I don't believe. Let's just tear down their theology uh, now, there Jamie. You go. Go exactly. For it. I don't believe that that wine turns into the literal blood of Christ as a evangelical Christian. Okay, so there's right, where it is. So right. I'm not making fun
0: of you, Catholics. I don't think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> i i i don't know I'm if this says it in pleaser. the article i'm wondering if like he had to send the email in case there's still some wine left that they're just kind of like hey don't move this wine don't use this wine moving forward because it's not maybe because it's like you can't go back and like take the wine out of you, you know like it's like well it's what's done is done but i assume I that think would that they be would believe like it.
3: You thought you were coming to mass and you were doing something holy and you were actually just having a glass of wine. Like, that's why I think the problem Mm. lies with what they were worried about. What's wrong with that? A sip
1: of
2: wine. I don't think they're drinking glasses. (laughs)
0: Yeah. A full
1: bottle. (laughs) You haven't been to Catholic choir practice. They drink the full bottle. Okay. There
2: you go. When Back in the day when I was working at the garden department of Big K. um,
0: (laughs) Not Kmart. Where is this
2: going? There, the big K, yeah, the big K, the big K. It's just under Kmart in hierarchy. It's 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 sandwiched between under? Kmart.
1: No, it's above it. It's the supermart, a uh, supercenter of the Kmart. It's it's the it big, big, big K. Either way, doesn't
2: okay. matter. Uh, you'd be surprised with the lack of training when you get hired there. They just kind of throw you right to the wolves. Okay, <laughs> so I didn't know how the propane tank exchange program worked. Okay, so what? I didn't even know we did that. All right. So one day, one day a guy comes in with an empty propane tank and says, Hey, I need a a tank exchange. You know, I'm thinking on my feet, I'm not going to go ask somebody, how hard could it be to find it and just switch it out for him? You know? So I, sure enough, I I find it. I, I, I test a bunch of keys, grab a tank. Here you go, man, go charge him as he's, as he's, you know, getting into his car. Someone with me. It was like, "Hey, I you just gave him an empty propane tank. You exchanged an empty <laughs> one for an empty for an one. empty one." Now at this point, he's halfway across the parking lot. <laughs> Could I have sprinted <laughs> and grabbed this man?
1: <laughs>
2: Could I have looked at like probably his name on his credit card you'll and figure find it a way? out and
1: come back? Like, yeah, and you'll I'm bring off, yourself back. I'm off
2: in like twenty minutes. So, by the oh time, my god, you my ruined
3: his Fourth of July celebration. That's but what, what it, you did. My did. whole
2: point is. Like if this priest wouldn't have said something, (laughs) you know what I mean? I didn't chase the guy down. down. But
1: the difference is that dude would have figured out he had no propane. He would have come back and gotten the situation fixed. These people feel like sins were forgiven or significant spiritual Mm -hmm. things were happening that the priest was saying didn't happen. Never know. You know, yeah, but it's this, unless this someone it's came so
3: forward and was an like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. unless someone came forward and was like, hey, I've been going to this church for a really long time. I've I've taken ma- I've gone to mass, whatever it means, all these years. Something was different about the wine today, and so maybe yeah, the wine didn't
1: take, yeah, it didn't taste bloody enough oh, like gosh. today. <laughs> it didn't turn all the way Dex. to the blood, just a half blood. <laughs> I wonder if does it taste different. If they think it turned into the blood of Jesus, does it?
0: Well, I'm curious what was added. Because what you're describing, like, I think the way it's described well, is it just sounds like a natural, natural wine. wine. Yeah. And yeah. natural yeah. wine's great.
3: I love it. It doesn't yeah. have all the, like, sugar and stuff added to it. Less. Yeah. All the th- It's
1: great. You were, you were about to say less hangovers, <laughs> weren't you? You were, I was, You were about to say but less I hangovers. I was like,
0: I don't know, uh, but I'm just saying. But I've mm, heard from
1: friends. From my sinful friends, they tell me. No,
0: I mean, I can tell the <laughs> difference between, like, a natural wine and like a cab salve So I assume 100%. If you've taken A bunch of You know Communions at Catholic Church I'd assume someone Would be able to tell. Although it is just a sip So it's hard it's to sip. tell Like How much Of a difference it is My Father Father
2: <laughs> I'm 90%
1: sure This is sangria See
3: this is why I, This is why I started This whole slice Like let's be kind
1: To the Catholics You know Alright that'll do it for Slices Stay tuned Up next Amanda Cook joins us listening to Alden. The song is Sub 32. Alden is spelled A-L-D-N if you're searching for it. Hey, if you like this podcast, but you might like it better if there were no ads, you can do that. Head over to relevantmagazine.com and sign up for Relevant Plus. For just a couple bucks a month, you get this podcast ad-free. You get ad-free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com, including the full podcast and magazine archives. Our beautifully designed digital issue and a little more. Uh, Check out all the info right there on the Relevant Plus tab at relevantmagazine.com. Well, our guest today is Amanda Cook. She's a worship artist who's worked with Bethel and Maverick City Music, and she recently released her latest album, Survey, Part One. Amanda sat down with Emily to share how worship impacts her daily life and how she hopes to inspire others with her story and music. Here's our conversation with Amanda Cook. It's you.
0: is it ever like nervous or do you get excited like just sharing these very like honest parts about your journey and like having like being vulnerable in this way Or is yeah that I get that- nervous
4: <laughs> <laughs> excuse me Yeah, I can there feel that one in my throat <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I get nervous for sure I'm a collector and I'd say part of my challenge um, is that I tend to collect to keep um, and so it requires a certain kind of, everyone's courage looks different and it's all about the cost, right? Like, it's all about what it costs us inwardly. Um, so no one really can, like, we look at all the big things and we're like, that's bravery. But there's a lot of quiet, courageous people who are mm. who are embracing the cost of their own bravery, you know what I mean? So mm. for me, part of that looks like actually sharing anything <laughs> and make yeah. with the world. Isn't it? I mean, I don't know of any artists that I mean, there there are probably some who you know have a, a Kanye level of confidence, which would be incredible. But um, I, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a challenge. I'd say by the time I release something, I think I generally feel like I I want to have served that piece of it, and then when I release it, I feel released from it. So mm. now it's everyone else's. Now we all get to share and hopefully it, hopefully it you know serves some people and helps some people and gives language to people the way other artists have given language to me you know it's all kind of part of the alchemy of the thing but I, I always have like waves of terror and you know right before especially just like, maybe I should maybe I shouldn't do this anymore like I, I had a real midlife crisis I have one every other week but about like <laughs> my age and realizing that when i was 18 when the world like life was all up in front of me right it was all mm-hmm. ahead right it's like mm-hmm. bright eye and, yes. and music was the thing it was kind of the only thing i'm good at still kind of is <laughs> Although I made a really great tray of roasted potatoes the other day that I brought to my friend's birthday and I couldn't. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Oh yeah. I mean, potatoes are a staple, aren't they? And I'm just going to put a shameless plug in here for the potatoes because I ended up talking incessantly about them all evening because I was so proud of actually bringing something to a dinner that was edible (laughs) that um, other people found great delight in. Anyways, music aside from the potatoes, music. It's kind of the only thing I was good at. And so when I was 18, I was like, oh, follow this musical train wherever it goes. Um, And, you know, back then you're not really, you're 18. I'm 18. I'm not considering like all the the BS that comes with being an adult Mm -hmm. yet. And so suddenly I find myself at 38 and I'm going, is this, do I still wanna be on this train? Um, Mm. What does this train cost? What does the ticket cost to be on it? Um, Is it too late (laughs) to swerve left, hard left? Like, is it too late to do something else that maybe looks different and doesn't feel quite as exposing or as, you know, I put myself in this position. That's the irony. So I think I've been analyzing a few things like that along the way. But the analysis comes up every single time. So I don't think it would, you know, I don't know if it would feel any different if I did anything else because I have the same level of, you know, anxiety if I'm roasting potatoes or releasing a song. So mm-hmm. perhaps the problem is me. We've solved it, Emily. <laughs> no need to go to therapy anymore. Sorry, Diane. I'm just kidding. I love <laughs> Diane, my therapist. <laughs> but we we solved it. The problem is me. We solved it. Everything's um, good now. Yeah, that was a long tangent to talk about how anxious I actually do feel about releasing anything that matters, you know. Because mm-hmm. I think if we we put ourselves into the world as we are, like I've I've had to learn the differentiation between putting myself into the world with question mark, an exclamation mark, a period, a dot dot dot. You know, certain things leave me open to mm-hmm. remarks, and just as a sensitive person, you know they. They, they stick a bit too long um, mm-hmm. so I've, I have to make decisions I think every time and come up with a plan for my mental health when I'm walking in the world as we all do with whatever vocation we have you know how to stay soft how to stay vulnerable while also having clear boundaries and you know systems in place so we don't completely collapse <laughs> yeah that's my answer
0: I do think we're in a place now where our society is more open about mental health and talking about it and seeking help, which is really, really great. But um, unfortunately, I feel like there are still parts of the church that are not Mm -hmm. like quite there yet. And so I just would love to know, like, what do you think we as believers can be doing to help people that are, you know, battling mental health journeys. And like, what can we do to come alongside them and help them in different oh, ways? Oh,
4: wow. Oh, man. This is where I'm like, yeah, where do we begin? I mean, yeah. God help. There's a really, there's some great resources. Uh, there's a really great book called Renovated by Jim Wilder. And Oh, there's another one by the same guy called "The Other Half of the Church," and it's Christian community, brain science, and overcoming spiritual stagnation. Jim Wilder and Michelle Hendricks Tyler, it It is, it is so beautiful because it really. You're right. There is such a there is such a gap, and I don't know. Um, maybe it's that we forgot that that we're whole beings, and we're meant to have a holistic experience. I think in our in. Our faith tradition and our original orthodoxy was more holistic before we started fragmenting ourselves into these, these, you know, personas or caricatures of things and and we started with pie charts of a person's being, which I love compartments. I love compartmentalization to be able to like pull things out and reorganize them. I think that's so imperative and so perhaps we've been focusing on certain organizations of you know compartments for a while but this one while we were organizing this this one has been like sitting in the corner going I need I need to be integrated I need to be remembered I'm actually really important and imperative to your well-being as a person and so I think you know as far as I think integration is kind of the goal for me it's 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 about bringing all of me to the table to it like in prayer and in public service that's that's the point it's that's that's the truest form of worship I know of it's not I leave these things in order to appear spiritually um you know lifted or spiritually more aware, you can't, you can't leave all those parts behind. Like often I'll find myself just saying, like, bring your anger, bring your resentment, bring your bitterness, bring your depression, bring your anxiety. Like this is, this is, there was a song that I was a part of recently that I really loved on Brandon Lake's album. And we had, we talked about this line in the bridge of what if God was the safest place for suffering? Like bring all of it you know just bring all of it and and going to god these days to me looks like going to therapy going to community going to dinner going into my solitude going for a walk going that's what going to god looks like right it's the holistic experience of um of fully becoming and beholding um the christ that's you know, risen, but the Christ that's also, like, looking back at me and and healing, like, all the different compartments and bringing them all, like, all into stillness and all into play. So, I, every person is a living temple, right? And I think, like, our organizations of church, our institutions of church, like, they all, have, they all serve purposes. But, um, as far as, like, a person being a temple, there's just so much, um, in there, that's that's uh, it's of infinite value, that that is deserving and worthy of love and transformation. Um, I just started reading Teresa Avalon's um, work called *The Interior Castle*, mm-hmm. um, the one particularly uh, translated by Mirabai Star and it's amazing. And it just it starts it goes into this the sanctuary of soul that every human being has within them. So. This is not an answer. I'm. I don't feel like I have an answer for this. It's. Uh, <laughs> it's more of an exploration because I feel like I'm committed to the exploration with with everyone because it's it's something that we're forever going to be integrating, you know, throughout history. So, not an answer, but it is thought. <laughs> <laughs>
1: was Amanda Cook make sure to check out her latest album Survey Part 1 alright stay tuned up next is Rock Band or Fireworks
4: I wish you love me now I miss you when I was gone if you love me now oh dear God just take me home oh, say you won't be long Where the timing go, cross the time zone, how I do If I'm well apart, I'll still be good to you Yeah, I'll be there for you Don't feel the same can let it fade away I don't need no fate like you I'll take my place in truth. I can't get over you I feel my face grows it's not the same without you
1: You're listening to Greek. You Greek. The song is now. Virginia Creeper. I think they originally were going to name it I Jesse Carey, but they decided to wrong. just make it a little bit more generic so they, they don't get sued. It's called Virginia Creeper. Today's show is brought to you in part by The Chosen, Season four of The Chosen is coming to theaters nationwide on February 1st, and this season has everything clashing kingdoms, rival rulers, and when they're threatened by the reality of Jesus's growing influence, religious leaders do the unthinkable, choose to ally themselves with the Romans. As the seeds of betrayal are planted in opposition to Jesus's message turns violent, he's left with no alternative but to demand his followers rise up. So get ready, relevant podcast listeners. February 1st is the big release day. Go get your tickets now at thechosenriseup.com. Okay, it's time for Rock Band or Firework. We have been doing this game every July 4th episode for 12 plus years. It wasn't a year one game, but it was like a year two or three game. So it's been been well over a decade that we've been doing this game. Uh, Basically, the premise is this. I'm going to say a name and you tell me, is that the name of an actual firework that is manufactured by Phantom Fireworks? You can verify these on their website, but don't pull them up. Uh, Or is this the name of an actual rock band? Now, some years it would be a band name or maybe a rock album name, but yeah. that was too, that was too hard. So we're just going straight rock band names or straight firework names. Uh, Emily actually wrote this list. So this is a head to head, mano a mano between Jamie and Jesse. Oh. So here we go. Scale. All right. Uh, Emily, you keep score. Okay. Okay. First couple rounds will be one point and then they're going to go up in value after that. Okay. Jamie, you're up first. Wolfpack. Is that a firework or a band?
3: It's definitely a band.
1: It is a firework. <laughs> Dang it. Jesse. Rough start. King of Bling. Band, for sure.
3: Firework.
1: I'm disappointed. It be a rad band. Yeah. <laughs> King of Bling. All right, Jamie. Killer Dwarfs.
3: Definitely, definitely a band.
1: It is a band The Killer George That is a rock band Alright Jesse Cold sweat Cold sweat Firework It's a rock band Alright after two rounds Jamie is in the lead one nothing. Alright here we go Jamie you're up uh, King Cobra King Cobra
3: That's definitely a firework
1: That is a rock band That is a rock band all right, Jesse's. I feel like say, that's
3: like a $4.99 <laughs> firework. Like it's like the, the beast of them all. <laughs> yeah,
1: It's one of those ones where it's like just that little snake comes yeah. out. You know? yeah. Like it sits yeah. on the, you buy it at Target because they can't sell real fireworks. You know? <laughs> um, all right, here we go. That Jessie. one's just called disappointment. Okay. Yeah, I hate, I hate those value packs yeah. that like to sell at the grocery store. And it's like nothing shoots up. It's just like sparkly, all stuff. Anyway, all right, here we go. Uh, Shotgun Messiah. Shotgun Messiah, Jesse.
2: Mm. It sounds
1: like an awesome band to me. It is a band. All right. We are, t- is that, am I correct, Emily, that we're tied 1 1? Yes. All right. Now it's two points per round. Here we go. Brew ha ha, Jamie. Brew ha ha. That's
3: a band. You're it's, a Dang it. it's a
1: firework. It's
3: a firework. Look out the Brew ha ha. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you buy the band t shirt for that. All right. Jesse, Crimson Power, Crimson Power, Firework. It's a band. It's a band, straight right. out of
3: like, what is it, Tuscaloosa, Alabama?
4: Probably. <laughs> there
3: you crimson go. Crimson Tide.
1: Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, Jamie. Here we go. Banshee. Banshee.
3: Isn't that a movie? Uh, I, I think it's. I think it's a band. Banshee.
1: It is a band. It there is. You go. All right, two points. Oh,
0: that movie that came out, The Isles of... That was The Isles of, oh, of Bansherin.
1: Oh, oh, the Irish one?
0: See, there it is. Yeah. Good movie.
1: Banshuren. There yeah. it is. All right, here we go, Jesse. Black and blue. Black and blue. It's the letter N. Firework. Fireworks. It's a band. <laughs> I feel like it's like yeah. a
3: firework. Like this is what's going to happen when this hits you in your face, Cameron. Yeah. It's, just, it's
1: just a warning. It's a firework warning. Isn't it black you've, when you've, in Well, you stuff down the uh-huh. tube and, uh-huh. it, and then you light it and it doesn't shoot up. So you look down the tube to see is. what's going on. Boom. Black and blue. That's it. All right. Um, here we go. Jamie. Well, are, is Jamie in the lead?
0: Yeah. By three two to points, one. right?
1: Yep. Here we go. Black mammoth snake. Fire, firework for sure. That is a firework. Good job. All right, Jesse Axe. How
0: spell do you it spell, it out? It? spell it out?
2: A-X-E. It's a body spray, and it's a band, and I'm in. <laughs> it is a band. Good job.
1: All right, here we go. All right, Jamie. Jack Star's Burning Star. Jack Star's Burning Star. I, my... F-
3: My gut says band, but I'm not going to trust that. I'm going to go firework. (laughs) Band. Trust your gut.
1: Listen, kids, if we just learned anything, a little (laughs) teaching moment from Jamie. (laughs) Trust your
3: gut.
1: Trust your gut. All right. All right, Jesse, here we go. Smashed Gladys. Band. It is a band. I believe we're tied. We are tied. All right, here we go. Uh, Two rounds left. Three points each. Jamie, you're up. Mulberry Street Mayhem. This
3: is definitely a band.
1: Firework. Jesse, you can take the lead for the first time. All right. Tiger Tails. One word with a Z on the firework. end. Firework. Firework. It's a firework. band. All right. Last round. Here we go. Winner takes all. Winner takes all. And I have a tiebreaker if you need it. Fiery Frogs. Fiery Frogs is a firework. It is. All yeah. right, this is for all the workers, Jesse. So never time. All right, here we go. Jesse. Sweet pain. Sweet pain. Uh
2: that's 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 a firework.
4: It's a band.
1: Jamie wins. Rock band or firework, a game that you invented. Jamie just beat the master. I can't believe that. it. I know. So
0: all I know. of those bands are like eighties obscure bands. I had to look very hard to find them. I think they each have maybe half an album out. So I love it. I did not do well. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. Well, before we wrap
1: things up, I want to thank Amanda cook for joining us today. Make sure to check out her latest album. It's called survey part one. It's available wherever you get your music. Also, I told you last time, uh, we're looking to hire. And if you haven't hit us up and you do freelance, uh, audio editing, podcast editing, video editing. We want to hear from you. You can find out more about the position um, at relevantmediagroup.com and apply right there. And there's a couple of other positions that we have in the pipeline as well if you want to find look into those. But uh, looking to hire audio and video editing. Work on this show. Help us make this show plus some other stuff we have in the pipeline. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Also check out the summer issue of Relevant. It is out now. It features um, amazing conversations with Lauren Daigle, Arizona, Judah and Chelsea Smith, Christine Kane, Naomi Rain, um, on and on. There's so much in the issue. uh, Plus some amazing think pieces about gun reform, AI, and the future of the church. You really don't want to miss it. It's available right now. You can read it for free by clicking the magazine tab at relevantmagazine.com. Also, while you're there... Get the Enhanced Edition. It's part of Relevant Plus, which is our ad-free premium subscription where you can get everything we make, ad-free and unlimited, plus the Enhanced Edition magazine, exclusive subscriber podcasts, and more. You can find out all the info and sign up on the Relevant Plus tab right there at the website. Hey, and while you're there, uh, sign up for our daily newsletter. It's a great way to stay in touch with our best content. We send you our top five trending stories every weekday morning. Um, It's worth signing up. You can sign up right there on the Sidebar and the front page at relevantmagazine.com you know follow us on social too but the algorithm (laughs) like is nuts you could be following us wanting to see our new posts and you will never see our new posts so a great way to see all of our best content is to sign up for the newsletter right there at the website okay on that note we'll wrap it I'm Cameron Strang I'm Jesse Carey I'm Emily Brown I'm Jamie Ivey we will see you on Friday have a great holiday and a great week everybody
2: Awesome, man. It's the 4th of July.
3: Relevant Podcast Network.